your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Avalanche fans, to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli from MileHighSticking.com with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, and we will have Spencer Sheets on the show in just a few minutes to talk about Game 7, the season as a whole, and where the Avalanche can go from here, we also have the uh, first player of our grades that we're going to hand out. Uh, and if you are just joining the show, thank you for being a part of it. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you for coming back. Uh, follow the show on social media outlets on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Instagram. Search for Lockdown Avalanche and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Lockdown Avalanche at gmail.com. I'm getting some really good emails coming in and kind of thoughts of uh, Avalanche fans and, and where their, their mind is at right now. Still kind of coming to terms with the the overtime loss. So, and like I said, later on in the show, we're going to get to the first part of our grading process. And uh, if, again, if you're just joining the show, uh, today is going to be day one of that. And we are going alphabetically through the Avalanche roster. And I put up a poll on Twitter and just with the current player that we're grading and uh, A, B, C, or D. And how do you feel? Today it's Mark Barbario. And for Friday, it's going to be Pierre-Edouard Belmar. So that poll on Twitter will go up Wednesday night. And uh, run for 24 hours. And right before I record Thursday night for Friday, we'll get Pierre Edward Belmar's grade. But today will be about Mark Barbario. Before we get to all that good stuff, kind of uh, just some, I mean, there's really nothing going on avalanche wise in the news other than a lot of opinion pieces. Uh, but before we even get to that, if you want to, maybe maybe you're just sick of of bad news in the the Colorado sports team world, uh, and I'm sure everybody has heard this. And the only reason I mention it is because he's their their all star, and he's he's he is their Nathan McKinnon. Von Miller going out for the season is just like oh well, here you go, Denver Broncos. Just continue the injury bug that the Colorado Avalanche held for pretty much the entire season, and it hits them right off the bat with uh, with Von Miller of all people. So if you want to go over to Lockdown Broncos, listen to Cody because he's definitely breaking that down and what that means for the team. I would absolutely uh, go over there. If you don't want to hear any more bad news going on in the world of Colorado sport teams, then just stay away and, you know, listen to this show and huddle up in your bed or something like that, because it's just all bad news out there right now. Um, but he, I guess he is going to get a second opinion. I don't know what that's going to mean. You know, one way or another, he's going to be out for a little while. So, uh, so excited for the Bronco season to start, but that clearly sucks. A lot of what I'm seeing for Colorado Avalanche news is 
and the only reason I want to mention this is because I just see if you just type Colorado Avalanche into like a Google search right now, you will see story after story after story of potential and how this season, you know, it didn't go the way they wanted it to go, but the Avalanche have all the talent in the world and will be back. And they had injuries and even though this might be a mirror of what they went through in 2014, they'll be back. I I can guarantee you this team doesn't want to hear that. I, I can almost guarantee you that. This team wanted to win now, this year. So, and I don't think the Avalanche are, are you know, Googling themselves all that much. But if they were and they are to see that, it would probably annoy the hell out of them. Because they thought they had a team this year that could do it. Uh, and, you know, you, you hear comments from from guys i think it was ian cole who said i i don't think i don't think a team can beat us i think this is the best team i've ever been on Uh, i'm pretty sure that was ian cole even if it wasn't you know you heard that from multiple avalanche players saying like this is our year that we're going to do some damage and they played well and they played good didn't go the way they wanted it to but they don't want to hear in turn now well you get a pass Maybe, maybe you know, it's just because of the way the season was with the pause. Uh, you know, we, you guys, we can, we can let this one slide, but they'll be back. I'm telling you, the professional athlete does not want to hear that. So, and, and Spencer and I will get into stuff like that too. So, uh, why don't we get into that right now with Spencer? Uh, and before he jumps on the line... Here from our sponsors for the day. Once again, GamerGoo and GamerGoo.com. It's a hand lotion for gamers. If you get sweaty hands while you're playing, like I've been playing this Avengers game, which is incredible. Uh, if your hands just get a little bit too sweaty from the incredibleness, if that's even a word, uh, GamerGoo is the solution. It's an antiperspirant for your hand. Designed to offer optimal gaming performance, specially formulated gamer goo keeps hands dry, cool, and sweat-free even during the most heated of gaming encounters. So your scents that you have to choose from, peppermint, cinnamon, orange, vanilla sugar, teakwood, and cherry blossom. And like I said before, they even have the orange scent in a sports goo container. container. So if you're still playing sports... Give it a shot. It's amazing stuff. Go to GamerGoo.com and enter the promo code LOA for Locked On Avalanche, and you get 10% off of your order. So make sure you check out GamerGoo.com. Also brought to you by Built Bar, and we have mentioned Built Bar many times in the past. It is the best tasting protein bar ever, bar none. Flavors are incredible. Things like coconut almond, banana bread, toffee almond, and new flavors such as caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp, just to name a couple. Uh, But 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, tastes like a candy bar, Built Bar is where it's at. So go to BuiltBar.com, enter a promo code there for Locked On, and you get $10 off of your next order. And like I said before, it 
it is no longer your first order that you get $10 off. Whenever you want to order from Built Bar and you put in the promo code locked on, you get $10 off of your next order. All right, so Spencer is uh, waiting here, so let's get him in on this line. All right, so joining me on the line, like I said, is Spencer Sheets, and Spencer's been on the show a couple times before, and you had messaged me early, I think it was, or somewhere in the middle of the Dallas series, uh, claiming your spot on the show if it <laughs> on to seven games, which eventually it did, and clearly didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but uh, you are here now. How are you holding up? Uh, has life got back to normal for you? Are you going through this stages of grief? Like, where 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 are you right now? Oh uh, yeah, I uh, I was getting real cocky through. I think it was right at game five. I was like in the first period. I texted you I was like, all right, Chris, I'm claiming the game seven victory pod right now. I want it. <laughs> right. And it almost worked. We almost pulled it off. But um, yeah, crazy game. Um. I mean, I think if you weren't invested in one of the teams, it was probably pretty fun to watch. I mean, it was back and forth all game long. So, I mean, objectively, a fun hockey game to watch, but pretty brutal result for us. Yeah, and, and I try to keep, uh, you know, my perspective on that, actually, is, you know, this, this it really was a entertaining hockey game. Um, but, you, yeah. you know, you're right. If you're a fan of, of one of the teams, it's torture. It was absolute torture. Yeah. Um, and then even more so being on the losing end of it. So um, mm -hmm. I, I did. I, I thought, you know, for that game specifically, I thought they played a good game. Dallas played a good game too. So you can't knock them because it's a game seven. Both teams are trying to win this thing, obviously. Uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, did anything in particular stand out for game seven uh, specifically that was good or maybe that needed more improvement? I mean, it's it's really hard to kind of judge that game too harshly because the bottom line is if you're playing with your third your third string goalie, you can't really expect a whole lot. Um, and if Sheldon Drys is in your lineup in a playoff game, you probably shouldn't expect a whole lot. So, um, I mean, I think for me, the the, only, the the comfort taken out of this game was there's no quit in the team and they want to fight really hard and they – they definitely have that that fire in their belly. Um, and to me, I mean, looking on the dark side of things, there was no way they were going to be able to compete with Vegas in the next round with that lineup unless they had a bunch of people come back from injury. So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of the only positive I can spin myself into is that it would have taken a, you know, a full-blown miracle to, for them to hang in the next series. Um, but, you know, the injury bug is just – it's pretty brutal that it hit again in the playoffs. Right. And, I think it, I think with a full lineup, that's a that's a different game, that's a different series. But you know, it is what it is, and you know, injuries happen. It's part of every playoff run. So some teams get lucky, and some teams don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I, I think asking this the the team that they put out there for Game Seven to go win us one game is feasible, and they were close to yeah, doing totally. it. Um, yeah, but you're right. Like asking them to you know beat a team like Vegas with that roster. Could they win a couple games? Yeah, I think they could compete. Yeah, but that's a, a tall order. And you would have, I mean, I think uh, if anybody was coming back from injury, I don't think we didn't really hear much on Johnson. I think Calvert probably would have came back. Um, he was, yeah, I think that was the vibe. I think Calvert was coming back, but um, you know, I think I heard today even that 
you know, Landy was probably done for the whole, for the whole playoffs. That's what I, um, you too. know, even, yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at that Grubauer is not coming back. You know, he flew back to Denver, yeah. you know, so that's a pretty serious injury there. Um, you know, and that makes you think about goalies for next season, but I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit after we're done with this game. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's get into the, the season as a whole. Um, I mean, are, are, are you saying you're really the first person I'm asking this. Are you satisfied with the, the avalanche season? I mean, taking everything into account, taking the injuries into account, taking the, the pause into account, uh, and then, you know, the injuries in the postseason, pushing Dallas to seven games. Um, I don't want to say it's, it's a success because you didn't get any further than you did last year, but mm-hmm. just with everything – that this this crazy season through at Colorado Avalanche, are you are you okay with it? Did they underperform? What, what's your take on the season? Yeah, I don't think, like you said, I think it's hard to it's hard to sit there and objectively call it a success because you know you can only see injuries so many times, even though you know it does matter. But um, I certainly don't think it was a failure of a season or a letdown. I think. Given what was thrown at them, I think they did as well as I mean anyone could have expected. So um, you know, and like you said, if you know after game, you know after the go down three to one, if you say, hey, you're going to have a one goal lead with three and a half minutes left in game seven, <laughs> you know you take you're going to take that every time, right? You know, every single time. Right. So yeah, all things considered, I don't think you can. It's super disappointing, but I don't think you can sit there and say like, oh man, they they failed or this was a wasted season. I don't think you can say that. No, no. I just, cause it's such a fluky season. Um, obviously you want them to go a little bit further, but, uh, and it's, it's so weird. Like, I don't want to say yeah, you, you give them a pass or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you, you, you kind of are just saying like, okay, like I, th- I think they are still progressing to being a, a dominant team. And, and I'm really, really excited. Mm-hmm for next year so and let's talk about that for a little bit what do you think this team needs to do move wise to i guess maybe get them a little bit further do do they need to make a big splash somewhere or do they just need to find the right pieces uh to fit to really get them over this this hump yeah, I think what you need to do is – I do think some things need to change. Um, I don't think it needs to be an overhaul by any means. Um, and, you know, even if they don't – I mean, even if, right, in theory, and it's it's impossible for it to happen, but even in theory, if they come out with the same exact roster and they stay healthy, I mean, I still think they could win a cup. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily something that they need to overhaul anything. I think they need I think they need one more forward. I think they need one more top six forward to kind of complete the puzzle. Because right now they have five top six forwards, right? You have the three headed monster, you have Kadri, mm-hmm. and you have I think Burkowski showed what he can do. Yeah. And I think he showed that he's top five forward. But after that, right, the sixth guy is kind of a question mark. Yeah. It, yeah, it kind of was like a revolving door. I mean, that's a Kozl or Natushkin. Or, I mean, you can sit there and tell me Natushkin's a top six forward on a Stanley Cup team. Like, I don't really think that's a realistic expectation of him. I think that's asking him to do too much. So, for me, I think you do need to make a little bit of a splash. I think you need to go make a hell of a sales pitch to Taylor Hall 
I think you need to go make a, a huge sales pitch, even if it's to someone like Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you get yourself another lockdown D-man on that team, um, I mean, that makes a huge difference too, because you saw what happened when Johnson went out. They don't have, you know, they don't have a kind of prototypical lockdown, you know, don't worry about them, set and forget 25 minutes tonight, lockdown guy. They don't really have it. So um, I think that's something that could be addressed as well. And for me, I think, I think the goalie situation needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not fair if you look at Grubauer's whole career to call him injury prone, mm-hmm. but the matter of the fact is the last two years, you know, he has been. Um, and I suspect that what happened to him is pretty serious. I mean, for him to totally leave the bubble, um, you know, that makes me think he probably needed some kind of surgery and that's obviously pure speculation. Who knows? Right. Um, but, and with the next season, I mean, the next season's coming up sure. in theory in what I think three months, I think they want to start December 1st in a perfect world. Yeah. And who knows if that's going to happen, but right. if he has to go have hip surgery, he's, you know, that's a six month recovery. He's missing half the season. So I think you need to go, I think you need to get a real bona fide starter. Um, I think Matt Murray is, is your best option there. Um, I would like to see them throw a bag of money at Matt Murray um, or maybe even Jacob Markstrom. Um, we have Vancouver. He's an RFA as well. Um, I think he's someone that you could throw a bag of money at and say, hey, come piggyback this team. You know, you're, you're the missing piece to this being a legitimate, yeah. you know, no doubt, no doubt about it, top three team in the league. They're, they're only one or two pieces away. Yeah. And the salary cap stuff, you have to be careful, but to a point, if you want to win a cup, you have to go for it. And you have to be willing to, hey, we might be in a jam in two or three years, but, you know, you've got to go for it, especially with McKinnon on the deal that he's on right now. Right. This, is, this, is your, this is your chance to really go get it because you're paying that guy about half of what he's worth. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with a lot of that. I, th- I think you're right about the, the, uh, the sixth forward it was kind of like a revolving door on who that was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and you got pretty good production about, you know, whoever was, you know, vaulted into that spot for the most part did well, but it wasn't, it wasn't consistent. I, I would agree with you there. Yeah. Um, uh, Kyle and I were talking about goalies in particular and Markstrom is, is the guy that both of us said, uh, I think he would fit well in with this team. And I, and I, I think, you know, if you had said at any point during the, the league pause, uh, I don't think at that point in time, Vancouver, I think Vancouver would do everything to keep him. But uh, I, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember this kid's name that's, that was performing well for them in the, in the playoffs. Thatcher Demko. Yeah, I, I think maybe their, their mind has shifted on that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I think but, totally. I think they're in a little bit of a – it, it's a different outcome, but a similar spot to Colorado where they kind of realize that, you know, one of their goalies might be expendable. Yeah. Um, I think, unfortunately for Francois, I think he kind of showed that he's not the man. Um, I still think he's fine to have around as a backup. Absolutely. But, I mean, I remember even I – think, I think it was the first time I had you on – or, you, excuse me, you had me on. Oh, is this your show? No, I remember saying <laughs> – yeah, yeah, well, yeah, welcome to my show, Chris. Uh, Locked on Avalanche. Uh, follow on OP and Twitter. Um, <laughs> I remember. I remember saying that you know Francois is not the guy you want to ride into the playoffs. And obviously that wasn't their plan, but they had yeah. to. And I mean, that 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 fell on its face pretty quick. I think yeah. he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the man for the spotlight. So I don't think they should get rid of him. I think he's a good backup. 
but you need to go get a bona fide starter. Yeah, I, I think the goalie situation is going to be so interesting to watch. Uh, it, it all is because, you know, we know Joe Sackick does not really make big splashes uh, in, mm-hmm. in free agency. And I think he likes uh, both of these guys in goal. I think he likes the the two-headed monster, so to speak. And I think if once he gets a really good reading on what this injury is um, – to Burkowski, I think I think if it's if he thinks it's nothing serious and he can be playing by by game one, I I don't know if he makes a move. I don't th- I, because I mean he still has two or three years left on that contract that he signed. Um, yeah, I, I, which I, I don't I don't you know I don't know. I think Joe Sakic likes to keep teams intact and doesn't like to move players around so much. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be very, very if, – if it's something that is, is going to be a lingering – and I think you're, you're, you're on to something about if this thing is so serious that he had to leave the bubble, you know, then the Avalanche were giving up on him no matter how far they went in these playoffs. So right. that – you know, you're right. Like that, that speaks to it, – it's more serious. We, we knew it was obviously serious the way that he needed to be helped off the ice. But for it to be that serious – that kind of surprised yeah. me that he left the bubble. So I mean, they could be playing games for another month in theory, right? right? So right. it was it was something nasty. Yeah. So uh, it could be, and if it is something serious, I I think you got to make a move there because yeah, I, I I'm I'm agreed with you about Francois. I think he's a great person to have as a backup. Can play, you know, multiple games in a row if you need him to. But mm-hmm. to be the A one guy, um, I think that that's going to lot a lot for him. So I'm really going to be watching this, this goalie situation very closely. Right. And for me, if you go get, I mean, if you go get, let's just say, you know, hypothetically, I don't, you know, whatever the name is, you know, if it's Murray or Markstrom, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this team is not going to, I, I shouldn't speak this into existence. This team is not going to have a hard time making the playoffs. Right. Yeah. So coming down the stretch, you give Francois some games and you make sure that whoever your horse is, they're, I mean, they're going to be fresh and chomping at the bit by the time the playoffs roll around. Yeah. And you're not going to need to play Francois. You know, maybe if you're up, you know, if you're up 3-1, if you're up 3 nothing in the series, sure, throw him in for a game. But sure. you're not going to have to count on him to go win. You know, he went in, you know, how, what, halfway through, in the first period of game one in the whole yeah. series. Like, he can't, he's not going to carry you to win a series, right. I don't think, not, and let alone the Stanley Cup. I mean, <clears throat> I think the way that Sakaki is going to look at this is, you know, look, we, we had 92 points with 12 games to go um, mm-hmm. with, with with injuries up and down the roster all season long. And and he's yeah. going to ha- have the mindset of, like, you can't tell me if we can stay healthy, which is, you know, that's you, you sometimes can't control that. Um, he's going to have that mindset of, like, you can't tell me if we can stay healthy. We can we can be – what would Boston have? Boston had – well, they were at 100 points. I feel like yeah. he can, he, I feel like he feels this that can be like this team. Mm-hmm. And totally. so yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think I think because emotions are high right now and the Avs got eliminated the way they got the the way that they, they got eliminated, um, this is kind of what happens in the aftermath of things like that. People want oh yeah, change. Totally. everyone overreacts. They want overhaul. They, you know, people calling for Bednar's head. That is not going to happen. Like, 
I, I, no. I, I was uh, emailing with somebody else that listened to the show and, and I said, you know, I think you bring in a new coach right now, you might take a step back for a year. No, I mean, there's, there's, that should not be the, even a remote conversation of doing any, anything to do with Bednar. Yeah. I'm not even close. No, I agree. Um, do you think, cause I was talking the past couple of days about just the, the mentality of, of people when they look at the avalanche right now, do you think they're getting that, uh, like the point of view from an outsider saying like, Oh, that's the Colorado avalanche the team that can't win a game seven right now. Or do you think like, you know, it needs to be three years in a row for that to happen before people start tagging them with that title. I think maybe that someone doesn't pay super close attention to the abs may think that, but for me, um, if you look at last year, they, they really had one, they really had one line. They got to game. I mean, they got to game seven around two riding one line, right. you know, McKinnon, Ranton, Landis Cog. Then Joe went out and made all the moves. And then you, now this year you had two lines and it was, the team was there. Injuries happened. And I think that people will – I think they are going to get somewhat of a pass on this for this playoff. I mean, because if someone's paying attention and you look at those injuries and how crucial they are, I mean, just, like, look at look what happened to the penalty kill. You had Eric Johnson's probably your best penalty – or Matt Calvert's arguably your best penalty killer. And then Eric Johnson's arguably your number two D-man, number one D-man. Mm-hmm. And they're out there starting every single penalty kill. And both of them go down, and the ads just get absolutely murdered <laughs> on the penalty kill. They dominated the series five on five, if you go look at it. I mean, they, they were way up in goal differential five on five. They just got absolutely slaughtered on special teams. Yeah. And your two best penalty killers are out. All your you know two depth forwards are out. I mean, there's just not – I mean, it's just – I keep going back to injuries. It's just – it's t- really tough to compete with the hand they got dealt. It is. <clears throat> Very tough. So, um, but I think for for positives from the injuries, I think that I think that Logan O'Connor is. I think he's. I mean, I think he may push for a roster spot. You know, come yeah. you know, come training camp, come the beginning of next year. And I think, um, you know, not having Martin Kaut at the bubble it was pretty interesting to me. Um, and to me, I think that kind of speaks to uh, maybe a little bit of Joe's Josephic's long term plan. You know, they valued the year of that ELC so much that they took, you know, objectively inferior depth guys to that bubble because they didn't want to burn that year. So to me, I think you can let a guy like Matt Nieto walk this year, um, maybe even some of those other bottom six forwards. You can probably let them walk. And, you know, may you see, will there be some growing pains having – you know, either Shane Bowers or Logan O'Connor or Martin Cow yeah. um, in the lineup. Less, you know, at the beginning of next year, yeah, maybe. But you're also freeing up money. You can go sign Taylor Hall. Yeah. You can go sign. Mm-hmm. You can go sign Alex Petrangelo. Um, you can. I mean, if you're if you're rolling out two top lines of, you know, the McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, and then Kadri Burakovsky and Taylor Hall. I mean, I just. I mean. Good luck. I mean, you're, that's going to be <laughs> yeah. really, really hard to slow down. Right. Really, really hard. So yeah. I, I think it's a good point of, of, you know, you, you have one of the, the best minor league system, farm season, the systems, whatever you want to call it in the league. Um, yeah. And, and then 
you know, if you are to call those guys up, you're telling them, all right, like, here's your shot. And, you know, re- oh, remember, like, we don't expect to take a step back. Like, we, we expect to progress even further. So mm-hmm. you better be coming up ready to go. So, but I think you're right. I think if, if they, cause those guys will come up, but they won't be on those, those first two lines. So they won't be expected right away to no. be difference. Makers. They won't need to, they won't need to, be. they won't need to, they need to be. right. Right. Yeah. That, that's the beauty of it is they're a good team. They don't need, they're not counting on a, a kid who's a rookie to come in and, you know, be a serious factor on them winning a cup. They just don't need it. Yeah. They just need solid depth players. I mean, Logan O'Connor is, a raw, unpolished version of Matt Nieto. I mean, they're the same. They're the same kind of player, and you're getting Logan O'Connor on an entry-level contract. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to shell out for Matt Nieto. You know, you need to stop throwing money at your bottom six. You need to throw money at your top six and let your, you know, your players that you develop in your system, you know, carry that depth. Yeah. And I mean, we, I didn't even mention, you know, you got Bowen, Byram, Alex Newhook, and Connor Timmons. I mean, well, I was going to bring up Timmons. Like, I, I, yeah, I, if he, that's I, a scary thing. Who I knows? know. I know. I, I really hope that, you know, he's, he's okay. And because he can, he can be a yeah. guy that can fill that role. I even liked how uh, Kevin Connaughton played from time to time in this series. I thought he did okay. I, like, I thought his mm-hmm. puck handling was good. Um, but I, and I think this was a great experience for him. He could be a guy that they say, all right, have at it. Plug him in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't love the idea of him being, you know, an everyday starter. But, you know, I totally think he's a guy that, you know, you can get him in. You know, he can play, you know, he can play 20 games in a year or whatever. You know, that seventh D, you know, you rotate out, scratch guys, give a night off. Right. You know, if Z does something stupid, you're going to bench him for a couple games, which is probably yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Like, if he's like, still around. So. Almost exactly like what they did in the playoffs with him. Like, they needed him to fill yep. a spot, and he went in and did fine, I thought. So, mm-hmm. um. God, there's totally. Gonna be- I mean, I think, yeah. And I'm gonna speaking of the prospects, I'm gonna throw a fit if Bowen Byram is not on the. I think, I think they're, yeah. I think they're screwing up if he's not, if he's not in the starting roster next year. Yeah, I think there's no need for that guy to be going up and down. No. Same with Cal. There is no need. I, I don't mean he maybe he doesn't need to start every night, or I mean not be on the. You know, he doesn't need to play every night. He can, you know, be a healthy scratch sometimes, but. There's no need for that guy to be playing yeah. below the NHL right now. Yeah. It just, it's just, it's a waste of talent. I, I agree. I, I think Byram's up there next year. Um, yeah, he needs to be. I, I agree. Um, so, and then finally, do you think do you think Nathan McKinnon is taking home this MVP award? Uh, I think he's got a really good shot at it. Um, yeah. And I know that they're, the voting is not technically supposed to be swayed by, you know, what goes on in the playoffs. But right. I don't know how if you're being honest, you're a human being, I don't know how you can watch that and not just have your jaw <laughs> hit the floor. Um, unless the votes I mean, were, were entered, unless they sent yeah, in beforehand. the votes before, I don't know when they were because of mm. all this stuff. So Yeah, I don't know how that works either. I don't right. know enough about that. I don't know when they send those votes in. But, yeah, man, his, his, when, when they cut to him on the bench after that goal went in, mm. I mean, he, just, he was just absolutely gutted. I mean, I felt – you felt, I mean, I felt so bad for that guy. I mean, that, I mean, that, that was, I mean, quite literally, I mean, that was a historic playoff performance he put in. Yeah. Um, and it just, it really, really sucks that the one night that he was, the one night he was a human being was, 
was game <laughs> seven. Um, I really thought it was all set up for him to continue his point streak with an overtime game seven goal. I, I, I was just somewhat convinced that it was going to happen that way. And then, you know, may, maybe that's me just getting my hopes up and it made the, mm-hmm. the crash even that much harder. Uh, but yeah. I really thought it was going to be like this poetic thing for him and didn't turn out that way, obviously. Yeah, I didn't have a good feeling going into overtime. Um, I thought that if they were going to score, I thought that it was going to just be – it was going to be a heroic superstar effort from either – it was either going to be McKinnon or Ranton and making just, you know, one of those jaw dropping plays that, Hey, you know, there aren't that many guys that can do that. Right. Um, you know, just outskilling someone. I thought that was the only way they were going to score. Um, Cause they just, I didn't have any confidence that they were going to hold that lead to be honest. They just, I had a bad feeling going into that. Yeah. Dallas was, uh, I mean, this game was just so back and forth. Momentum was going back and forth and back and forth and going into the overtime uh, it was obviously on Dallas's side. They, they almost put a goal in at the buzzer. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it would have counted, but man, it might not. Nah, it was close. It was close. But just the fact yeah, that they had the really oppor- just the fact that they had right. the opportunity was enough. Yeah, they got all the momentum. Yeah, yeah. But but in the overtime period, Avalanche had some some not amazing looks, but uh, they they kind of took the momentum back in the overtime. But then it swung the other way and. I think I had texted you when the game was over. It was like Dallas had that puck in their zone for, for a while, and you just felt it coming on. You just felt Oh, you could feel it. Yeah. You could feel it coming. <laughs> you, you knew something bad was going to happen, and, and it did. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, a, I mean, that was a day one junior hockey breakdown on that goal on the defense. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were four guys that were staring at the puck. And he was just sitting behind the net. Um, and I think Z went to chase him. I mean, you can't – you don't ever chase a guy when he has the puck sitting behind the net. Behind I mean, that's net. just – that is just – I mean, that's 101. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. And, you know, he did it. He just slid, slid the puck right under his stick. And, I mean, that's a – for an NHL player, that's a relatively easy goal right there. He didn't really have to do a whole lot. I'll have to take your word on the positioning because I have not had the heart to go back and watch it again yet. yeah it was i mean that's just ugly and let's i mean the fact that joel quinaranta scored a hat trick in the game seven is just yeah i mean that's just the the final kick in the nuts for a you know for a a run of bad luck i mean that's literally the equivalent of sheldon dry scoring a hat trick in game (laughs) seven yeah i mean it really is i mean it's a pretty it's a pretty comparable player i I mean it's just like he's you know he's a he's a depth guy he's not on the roster i mean credit to him you know good for him i mean i feel you know happy for him whatever but that's i mean that just sucks that you give up a hat trick to you know a no-name a no-name depth player in a game seven is pretty brutal yeah it twists the knife a little bit more so yeah Uh, for sure yeah well, um, I, I know that we'll have you back on, obviously, several times. And, and as it gets closer to yeah, the so season, whenever that is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get you back on. And after all of the moves have happened and the draft comes and goes, and we, can, uh, we have our team set in stone and we can really mm-hmm. assess where we think this team is, is headed. So we'll definitely have yep. you. Head, head, head high, Az Nation. There is still – this is the first year of the Avs being a serious contender. 
and they didn't get it done. They had a streak of bad luck. That's okay. But this is the, this is the first year of, of a pretty good window they've got. So if this happens two or three more times in a row, you've got a problem. Right. But the fact is this is the, this is the beginning of a run where they're going to be a big problem for teams for, for a while. Um, Certainly through McKinnon's contract. um, That's, I mean, that is a wide open window. And I think even after that, there's still room for, there's still room to sign plenty of good players and, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They're going to be back. No, and I think this is all a, a good learning experience. And, and you know, I think we might look back and say, if anything good came out of this, it's, you know, that they went on a run after this because this team uh, knows what it's like to, to lose, you know, multiple seasons in a row in game sevens, and they got sick and tired of doing that and went mm-hmm. on this miraculous run. And we can look back to now to say that's what kick-started it. So – yeah, silver totally. lining and everything. So it, it's possible yeah. that some good might come out of this, if anything. So. Right. And hey, and random question for you because I yeah. was thinking about this. Yeah. Is there almost a tiny part of you that is happy that the Avs didn't win the COVID Cup? You know, I mean, like, like, like deep down, there's like a <laughs> tiny. I, I mean, I know obviously you want to win, and I would have been beyond excited, but like that, that would have, in a way, that like that kind of would have sucked, right? Like. No fans, no parade, no nothing. I mean, I, I still am – it's going to be odd seeing whoever wins this cup, you know, hoisting that yeah. thing, skating around in empty arena. It's going to be bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had my, my two, like, best friends. Like, we, we've been friends since kindergarten. One is a Ranger fan. One is a Hurricanes fan. And mm-hmm. they played each other in the first round. So, of course, you know, they were jawing at each other. And the Rangers mm-hmm. lost. And my buddy that's a Rangers fan is like – doesn't matter it's not a real season anyway who cares and then uh, right yeah yeah and then carolina goes on to lose and his response is who cares it's not a real season anyway and here i am like <laughs> avalanche still doing well and now i kind of joined in their fight where i'm just you know like who cares it's not a real season anyway. <laughs> so uh yeah no yeah it's like I, i'm somewhere in between i mean i certainly think whoever wins this it is if anyone talks about asterisks they're an idiot it's a totally yeah. legit win. Yeah. It's hundred percent legit. Right. Just trying right. to say from the, the fan experience, it's like, man, that would kind of stink to win exactly. a cup yes. and yes, right. Have it be empty. But I mean yeah. I'm just no, better. I would have right. taken it. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we if we won, it yeah, it's it, it's the greatest uh, accomplishment oh, ever I'd, made. I mean you, you oh, want yeah, <laughs> I I'd be dancing on so many graves. I'd be right. talking about how this was the hardest family cup to win ever and Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. with you. We're thinking the same. So. Yeah. All right, yeah. man. Well, uh, thank you again for, for stopping on. And yeah, you, you will be on in the future. All right, buddy. Anytime. Anytime you want me. Thanks for having me. All right, man. We'll be right back. All right. So always oh, nice to have Spencer on the show to kind of talk about where he thinks the abs are headed. Uh, and I agree with a lot of what he was saying, but the uh, fun thing will be to see how this all plays out and which team, which players will make this team and make this roster uh, for next year's push. One guy who maybe it's questionable if he will be on this team next year is our, our grade for today uh, for our poll. And that is Mark Barbario. Uh, it, it's tough to grade Barbario when he, he has, just for this year, just due to the kind of, I mean, what do you play, 21 games this year? 
as I'm pulling up his uh, his stats for the year. So there's not not a ton to go on, but he's, he's been around the Avalanche for long enough for us to really kind of uh, give him a, a, a grade for this year. Um, two points for him, <laughs> both assists. You know, and great guy, great guy to have in the locker room. But is that really going to keep you in the NHL, in a career in the NHL? He's been with them since 2016, so, you know, he's no stranger to them. The most he's ever played is 46 games, and that was in the 2017-2018 season. Only 21 this year. Uh, Like I said, just two points, and they were assists. So... I, I think we might have seen the last of Mark Barbario in an Avalanche jersey. And that's, I mean, not really a knock on him. It's just the, the talent pool that they have um, on the defensive end that's coming up is is amazing. And his salary cap hit, I mean, he's making over a million dollars a year. I think he's close to two million. I want to say he's like one point in six 1.8 somewhere around there uh you could get rid of that because he is a free agent and unrestricted i don't think they're going to attempt to re-sign him i just don't see it happening i don't think he really fits that well with their scheme i think he's a good skater uh but they want more offense the the league is going offensive defenseman um and he's just not that. And that would be okay if they needed him to be that kind of like Nikita's a door off, but he's not that either. So um I don't I don't really see I mean he managed what, sixteen penalty minutes. It was a plus three, yeah, it was a plus three on the season. So he he, he you would think a guy like this being on a good team. Um, and it was low on the salary cap. He's 1.45. So um, a guy like this playing on a, a team you would think could maybe step up his game. And it just didn't happen for him. So I, I, early, my first inclination on him was to give him like a C. And I don't really want to give him like a, a D because I, I feel like when he was out there, he p- performed his role. So it almost... I guess go in the middle there and give him kind of like a C minus. And having said that, I don't think he will be around next year on Twitter. uh, You guys kind of agreed with that. 10% did give him an A 16% gave him a B 42%, which was the most at a C and 32% at a D. So pretty much the C and D were where he is slotted. And I would agree with that. So tomorrow, I'd be interested to see what this one, uh, the poll will go up probably around 4 or 5 o'clock Eastern time, uh, and it's Pierre-Edouard Belmar. So I think this is going to be an interesting one to see uh, across the board. I'm, I'm expecting numbers and grades from A down to D. And if you want to comment in the comments, because I can only put four letters up on Twitter, if you want to put F in there, you have to just uh, comment with an F. Nobody did that with Mark Barbario, and I don't think he deserves that. Uh, but, all right, so mark that down. Mark Barbario, official score, C-. And that will be it for today. 
I think this show gets an A plus for the day. Thank you to Spencer Sheets. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Anything new that's coming out, definitely we'll be covering it on here. And uh, hopefully, I won't be talking about it that much. But if you want to go to, like I said, to Cody's show on Lockdown Broncos uh, to get the update on Von Miller. Hopefully, it's not that serious, but it's not looking good. Also, go to Locked On NHL if you want to stay up to date on what's going on in the league and with the remaining teams headed towards the Cup. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!